It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. The second goal is just a uh, him. They win. First of all, you got to win the draws. I mean, we, we weren't very good in the face-off circle, especially in the second period. We we're struggling. Um, got better in the third, but uh, um, you know, when you win a draw, when they win a draw or lose a draw clean, um, they just rolled around the circle and fired it. I mean, uh, we got picked in the inside who we were trying to jump out, and it just found its way through traffic. So that's just a you know, it's not a breakdown. It's just a um, you know, winning a draw clean. I would say the fourth goal is more of a um, a coverage issue, and it was uh, Cooch's line lose the draw. Um, they went three high, which we've, you know, we've handled all year fine. We just got to be a little more patient there. Noah Gregor's got to jump out to the point, buy some time for Cooch to go find McKinnon up top. And I think uh, Noah went to the, you know, sort of got too aggressive and overplayed McKinnon when Cooch was on his way out there. So again, I mean, you got some guys playing uh, um, in different roles. They're not used to against pretty good players and uh, we got to live with a few of those mistakes right now. All right. Good morning, everyone. That was a better effort from the Sharks right now. And that's really all that I can ask for because Colorado is a very, very good team. And well, here, let, let me let me rephrase that. I could ask for more. I could ask for the Sharks to play better. I could ask for the Sharks to be a better team. I know. I, I know all those things are part of the reality. But I also go off what I have in terms of an expectation, right? I mean, we all have seen the Colorado Avalanche many times this year. We will see them again for two more straight games. We know they're a very, very good hockey team. We also know that in comparison, the Sharks are not a very, very good hockey team. The Sharks are a middling team this year, and they're below average, especially for what the Sharks are used to and what they would consider themselves capable of. And I, that's not that the Sharks are underperforming. I would just say that if you would talk to Logan Couture, he would tell you that he thinks the team should be better and could be better. And that's just that's how he's going to have it. I mean, I don't I don't expect Logan Couture to view things any differently, but I have to look at the reality of the situation and I was not expecting the Sharks to come out there and win this series against Colorado, especially considering the way things have gone lately where the Sharks have only won, you know, two out of their last 12 games. It's simply not within the realm of expectations for them to go out there and really, really beat the Avs. I thought that they came out, that they scored a power play goal, that they played better than they did a night before. Again, on just no rest, you know, you play a game, you go to sleep, you wake up and you play another game. I appreciated the effort they put forth. And that's part of what I'm looking for right now. It's like, what what type of pride and what type of heart and what type of pushback are the Sharks going to have in these situations? Because I think that's more telling than anything else. You have to look and see what the overall temperature is in the room. And for the Sharks right now, the temperature is such that they do have that ability to fight back, that ability to push back, the ability to give a really good effort in light of getting beat the night before, in light of getting shut out the night before. And I think that is impressive, and that is something that you want to see. You want to see the team that bounces back with a better effort, that puts forth a better play on the ice over the course of 60 minutes, 
even though it's not likely that you're going to walk out of there with a win. And I know, again, if you go to these guys, if you go to Brent Burns, if you go to Logan Church, and you say, hey, it's unlikely you guys are going to win tonight, they're going to look at you like you're crazy because that's not the paradigm with which they view the world. They are not going to look at this game as anything but winnable. And in terms of what the young guys are learning right now or the more inexperienced players, because we all have different definitions of youth, but they are looking at this from a pride standpoint and what it means to be a shark and what it means to be a professional. And that means giving it your all, even in a situation where you're not going to make the playoffs, where you're just playing and fighting for pride, because that's what the Sharks are doing right now. This is not about the playoffs. This is not about seeding. This is not about anything other than trying to play your best hockey because that's what's expected of you every single night you go out there on the ice, regardless of how good the opposition is, regardless of how good or not your team is. That's what's expected of you as a professional. And I think that is going to be part of the growth of a lot of these guys is understanding that even if the team is not a true contender, that you still have to go out there and put forth your best effort because that's how you go from being a middling team to a good team. You have to get used to putting forth that all-out effort every single night. That has to be the bare minimum, the bar to clear in terms of expectations because there are going to be other teams that don't do that, and that's going to be more talented teams and less talented teams. But if you are the team that fights harder every night, if you are the team that does the little things right, that focuses on the details, you will be rewarded in this league. And I 100% believe that. Even if you are not as all-out talented as the opposition, if you focus on the details, if you pay attention to the smaller parts of the game, if you simplify, I think you can get a better performance out of your team. It doesn't mean you will always win, but it does mean you can give yourself more of an opportunity to win the game. And I think that's what we saw from the Sharks last night. They worked better on the power play. We saw the improvements coming, and they finally did break through. And overall, in terms of energy for the game, in terms of the hard work of the Sharks, I thought they went toe-to-toe with a really, really good team in the NHL. And the thing is, the Sharks aren't as good as the Avs. The Avs were able to win out on talent. They punished the Sharks for their mistakes. They outshot. They outcreated. They did the little things that much better, at least at critical moments, like off the faceoff. And they were able to beat the Sharks because they're a very talented team. And sometimes that's just going to be something that you can't overcome. And we know this because the Sharks were the more talented team for a period of 15 years. And we saw the Sharks in games that they should not have been able to earn points, let alone win. They did just that. And I know that I keep on referencing that, but I, I have to because we've all seen it. We've all watched the Sharks be the better team, be the more talented team, be the team that can get away with making some mistakes because you have that talent and you have that ability to go out there to win in spite of the mistakes that you make or in spite of the lack of energy that you have or whatever it's going to be on any given night that keeps you from playing your best game. That talent can win out. The Sharks don't have the reliance of that talent right now. They don't have the ability to just kind of, I won't say coast, but not put forth their best effort. Right now, the Sharks have to get used to putting forth their best effort every single night. And sometimes this year, we have seen that best effort rewarded with a win. Sometimes we've seen that best effort be not good enough. Last night, it was not good enough, but that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate the effort and the, the fact that the guys are playing for pride there's not a whole lot on the line. The learning experience here for the young guys is that you have to be ready for go time every single night, even when your best is not good enough. But from a fan's perspective, it is very tough watching the Sharks' best play not be good enough. And not that I am saying that last night is the best that the Sharks can play per se, but it was a considerably better effort than what they put forth on Friday night, and it still wasn't good enough. But you do want to see that one game they can improve over the next. 
And that's what they did. They were better on Saturday than they were on Friday, but the Avalanche have the ability to respond and have the ability to react to pretty much anything the Sharks are going to throw at them at this point because they are an exceptionally talented team. You know, the big thing we're talking about lately is evaluation for the Sharks and trying to figure out what they have for the future. And I hope one guy that is a part of the Sharks' future is Barabanov. I've really, really enjoyed his game. I've enjoyed watching his skill level. I've enjoyed watching his effort, his ability to create, his ability to be involved in plays. Since the minute he jumped out there on the ice with the Sharks, he has been a contributing player. And when you watch his play, when you watch his effort, it does make you a little bit frustrated with guys like Timo Meyer or a guy like Kevin LeBanc because they have just as much skill, in my opinion, but they have not been able to make an impact as consistently as what we've seen from Barabanov. And I know it's a very small sample size, but it just, I think it speaks to the level of expectation that you have for a Meyer, for a LeBanc. And when you see Barabanov come in and immediately make an impact versus some of the nights where Meyer and LeBanc have not been able to make the impact, you just wonder what the difference is. And it could be that Barabanov is that skilled and maybe I'm not giving him enough credit for his game. But he has been a player that has been able to contribute game in, game out for the Sharks. And that's what the Sharks have lacked this year. It's the guys beyond the star talent that you have on the team that you need to contribute night in, night out. And another guy that I would point to in that same vein is Ryan Donato. And I know that before the game yesterday, Bob Bugner was talking about how they really liked his game in the first part of the year that he came through immediately was impactful, but then saw a little bit of a drop-off in his game and has not been able to refine it. And they know what he's capable of. It's just a matter of trying to figure out how he can do it more consistently. And I really like Donato's game. I, I'm not one of those guys who's here to be a hater and talk about this trade wasn't good enough. And like, no, I, I, I like the move to acquire Donato and I like what he's capable of with the Sharks. You just got to figure out how to make it a more consistent and impactful type of play. I think that's the hardest thing to develop in the NHL. And it's the hardest thing to be without in the NHL because Impact players, regardless of whether or not they're on the top line or the fourth line, those are the guys that can make a difference from one game to the next. And I mean that in the sense that they don't have to be a top six guy or they don't have to be a star player, but they're able to perform at critical moments of the game and come up with big plays on both the offense and defensive side of the game that help you win. And I feel like that's what we're not seeing enough from the guys outside of the star players. I mean, Evander Kane has been doing his job all year long, Tomas Hurdle, obviously, coming back from a knee injury and dealing with COVID. I feel like he has been a consistent performer, and he's been able to find his game pretty nicely. Logan Couture, I think, obviously took some knocks, and he was dealing with injuries and obviously was not the same guy that he was at the start of the year. But he did his job in terms of keeping the Sharks engaged, putting the offense on his back, doing what is asked of a captain. But I think when you go beyond some of those big-time players, you are looking at guys and wondering why they've not been able to step up a little bit more. I mean, that's that's the question I have, is how can Bob Bugner find out ways for these guys to be in a position to step up even more? Because I think it's not just about the player in and of themselves. It's also what he's being asked to do, what he's being tasked with doing, and how the coach can maximize their ability out there on the ice. And I'm sure that at this point of the season where you're frustrated and you're tired and you're bruised, battered, and beaten up, they are just as frustrated as I am. And I don't question the effort, the desire, the want, the drive of any of these guys. It's just a matter of figuring out whether or not they can be a guy within this system that can be a night-in, night-out contributing player going forward. And that's what the Sharks are doing right now. They are looking at Orion Donato. They are looking at Noah Gregor and John Leonard and any of the younger and or newer guys who are not part of the key group of the Sharks 
They're looking at and saying, what are we going to do with this player going forward? Is this somebody we see being an impactful player for us moving forward? And that takes me back to Barabanov, who I feel has been an impactful player since the moment he arrived. He demands that you acknowledge that of him. The other players have not done that as much. And I think that is a key difference when comparing guys and seeing what they've done this year. And again, I acknowledge the smaller sample size with a guy like Barabanov, but it's hard to deny what he's been able to do. And I think that Jonathan Leonard earlier in the year was one of those players whose impact you felt on the ice over the course of 60 minutes. And I hope that getting this experience and having him in the offseason to go get on that Mario Ferraro workout routine gets him to be a stronger player gets him to be a more physical player, gets him used to the rigors of the NHL. I mean, you would hope that this year he understands what exactly is demanded of his body and learns how to prepare himself that much better. But he was a guy early on who you felt his impact night in, night out. I think he got tired over the course of the season. I don't think there's any denying that and happens to the younger guys. And Bob Bugner was acknowledging that, uh, you know, even before the halfway mark, he was saying that the younger guys were getting hit harder by the rigors of the schedule more so than the veteran guys whose bodies had acclimated and adjusted to it over the years, who had playoff experience, who knew what it was like to go on, you know, three and four games in a week. And not just three and four games in a week for the sake of playing three and four games, but three and four games in a week's time at the NHL level. That is a big, big difference. And Leonard reminds me very much of Ferraro last year in which you could see the promise, you just knew it wasn't quite ready. Hopefully, Leonard will be able to take this into the offseason and come back in year number two and be a player that is able to contribute night in, night out over the course of the entire season and be part of the Sharks' plan going forward. You know, of specifically the younger guys that did play last night in Leonard, in True, in Gregor, and Balsers, I feel that Balsers and Leonard are the two guys that you look at and you think, all right, they're here for the long term, or at least that's how it feels. I think Gregor, there's been a little bit more inconsistency. But I also think that with Gregor, you can definitely see aspects of his game that you like. And I also think that with Leonard, you see improvement in his game from what you saw last year to what you are seeing this year. So that's that's a positive to me. You are seeing positive steps in their game. But I'm also looking at ceiling here, and I feel like the ceiling for a Leonard is that much higher. And I feel that a ceiling for Balsers is also that much higher. But this period of evaluation that the Sharks are currently in, it's also coming up against one of the best teams in the NHL, the Avalanche. So whatever deficiency is in a guy's game, it's going to be that much more glaring in a top-level team like the Avs. This is what Greg had to say after last night's game about it being a learning experience. Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, two young guys, me and Rudy, with Cooch against um, the McKinnon line pretty much all night. Uh, I thought we did a pretty good job up until the third, and they got two on us. But, uh, I mean, definitely it's a tough job. Those are the, some of the best players in the league. Uh, I think we definitely could have you know, prevented you know one or two of those for sure. But uh, they're good players, and they get chances. But, uh, you know, you can definitely learn from that. And Gregor also talked about his game this year compared to last. I definitely feel like I'm – you know, more ready for the NHL. I definitely feel like I'm a better player than I was last year. Uh, you know, there's definitely still some learning to do and some improving I have to make, but, uh, you know, I definitely feel more confident out there than last year. I mean, off the top of my head, I don't remember the exact consistency of his playing time last year compared to this year, but last year he played in 28 games. He had three goals and two assists. This year he's played in 25 games and he's had five goals and one assist. So he has a little bit more in terms of production but it's also not substantially more. However, like I said, I cannot completely remember last year how consistent his play was because it wasn't the focus of the team last year. Last year, the focus was on figuring out how they were going to get back to being the Sharks that we knew the Sharks were capable of being. 
there was hope that some of those younger players like Gregor would be able to come up and help the Sharks get back to what they thought they were capable of. But obviously that entire season didn't play out the way you expected. You had massive injuries come in with Logan Couture, with Eric Carlson, with Tomas Hurdle, and then things got shut down early. So the way things were changing, you never knew exactly what you were trying to look for or what you were trying to evaluate. It seemed to change from one week to the next. The overall vibe when the season was over and done with was that the Sharks weren't good enough. There was some talk about the younger players coming up and not being able to make as much of a desired impact as you had hoped, but more of the talk was about why the Sharks were having trouble with the culture, why it seemed like a fractured dressing room, why they were not able to perform at the level that they were expecting of themselves. And of course, you know, it's a year that gets shut down early due to COVID and like I said, was impacted by injury massively. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're on Morning Tide. Coors Light wants to help you catch a Sharks game from the best seats in the house. Just share a photo of your Sharks at-home game setup to sjsharks.com slash home ice for a chance to win Coors Light Silver Seats tickets, Sharks gear, and more. Winners will be chosen weekly, so post a pic showing how you watch the Sharks to sjsharks.com slash home ice today. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Must be 21 or older. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Sharks 0 for their last 28 of the power play. Here's a shot by Eric Carlson. Stick to side. Dubnik in nets to our left, looking on as his former teammates are throwing the puck with everything they've got at him. Carlson in deep. In front to Hurdle. Lost it. Barabanov shoots. He scores! Alexander Barabanov takes the puck and snaps it home. It's a power play goal. The 0 for 28 streak is over, and the Sharks are up 1-0. There's a ton of learning material here, and, and we went through a lot of that this morning with some some guys. And, uh, you, you know, even the third goal, we made a mistake high in coverage again. And it's just, you know, another new face to the team and, and, and a guy, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah, there was some there's some uh, there's some miscoverages. But, the, you know, all in all, I thought we fought hard in both these games. I thought that uh, we never quit. I thought our power play was better tonight. Our penalty kill was good. And I just, uh, you know, as a team that just finding a way to win and, and uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, two of those goals are really, you know, coming up from near the blue line, nothing breaking down at our net at that point in game, but um, is what it is. All right. That is Sharks head coach, Bob Bugner, bringing us back on a Sunday morning here on morning tide, following the Sharks four, three loss to the abs on Saturday night. Ultimately, the Sharks in both of these games, I thought, put forth a pretty good effort against one of the best teams in the NHL. And so I am pleased with that. But at some point, you also have to be you have to be aware of the fact of what the Avalanche are going to do. Right. And I think that one of the most maybe glaring parts of the game was that as soon as the Sharks went up one nothing, the Avalanche kicked it up a notch and it didn't feel like the Sharks were ready enough for that pushback that was immediately going to come from the Avs. And I feel like we've seen that a couple of times this year where the Sharks have scored, but have not been ready for what the opposition was going to bring in response to that. And I think that earlier in the year, it almost felt like the Sharks felt like they had done their work and taken their foot off the gas. And so that was frustrating to watch. But I felt like last night, we all knew it was coming. The Sharks knew it was coming. I don't know if it mattered that they that they were prepared for it or not. And that's what I was bouncing around in my head. It was like, are the abs just too good for the Sharks for them not to be able to withstand the pushback that is inevitably going to occur. And and I'm still not sure of that because I felt like the Sharks were not ready for the pushback. Even if they did know it was coming, it just looked like they couldn't handle what, what the abs were bringing head coach, Bob Bugner. Yeah, I think the uh, you know the problem was we were we were spending some time in our end, and what you're going to do against this team, and then you know 
and then we end up icing the puck and you can't get their matchups. They're going to jump the big line out. And you guys saw, I think, uh, you know, there's four or five times in the second period where we, uh, you know, got stuck with our, our fourth line on the ice and, and they jumped out with the big guys because we can't get them off on an icing call. And that's what starts it, you know, is, is not making a good play at the end of the shift or just flipping it out and, and too much juice on the puck. And we, uh, you know, and then that's where you, you get your mismatches on the road. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's what good teams do. And that's exactly what they did. The Sharks go up one nothing, and then you get a huge pushback from Colorado, who scores a goal, scores two goals, scores three goals. Finally, Logan Couture gets one back on the board to make it a 3-2 game. Rantanen makes it 4-2. You get one more from Tomas Hurdle. And ultimately, a multi-goal deficit against Colorado is just going to be too much for the Sharks to overcome at this point. But you do appreciate the effort. I mean, that's something that I keep on coming back to. You like that the Sharks did not give up in this game. They kept on fighting to get their way back into it. And Evander Kane on the breakaway on the near shorthanded that he had where Logan Couture got the rebound and banged it home. I mean, how many times have we seen that this year where Evander Kane is able to make something happen on the penalty kill? And it's great because in that moment, that's exactly what you needed. You're down at that point three to one. It's been three straight goals after you scored once. You feel the game slipping away and you're going on the kill, right? And then you get Evander Kane who makes something happen. No, he didn't score the goal. Logan Couture did, but Evander Kane made something happen. And the Sharks need more players right now that can make something happen. It's an oversimplification, but if you watch the Avs, who are one of the standard bearers in the NHL, they consistently make things happen. And one of the guys who has consistently made things happen since he arrived with the Sharks, like I've been talking about, is Barabanov. Here's Logan Couture on his new teammate. Yeah, it's been good. He's uh, He's got extreme skill. Um, you know, he's got patience with the puck. Just to watch him in practice, I mean, as soon as we got him, he showed up and he could, the skill was evident um, from the first time he touched the ice with us. So he's done a great job. Um, you know, it's not easy in the position he's in, you know, to come from a different team completely different country um you know obviously doesn't speak a ton of English and he's he's came in and he's, he's been in seamlessly with our group I mean it helps that he he knows uh, Nisey and uh, Nabby's here but uh he's done a great job for us and I don't want to be a broken record but you do notice those guys that make an impact on the ice you do notice those guys who are able to contribute immediately and again I flash back to earlier in the year when you had a fresher Leonard making an impact and Rudy Balser's over the course of his entire time with the Sharks, once again, you really like what he's bringing. So there has been, in my opinion, an oversimplification of the Sharks players, at least the younger players, not being good enough this year. But I ultimately don't think that it was a position where they were going to be enough this year to get the team to be substantially better. And yes, the eight-game losing streak was where everything got away from you in this year. Because up to that point, you were treading water, you were staying alive in the playoff race. And it was that eight-game losing streak where you fell out of it. But up to that point, you had been getting new faces up and in and out of the lineup, and guys have been making contributions. But to me, it wasn't about this year in particular. This was going to be a weird year no matter what. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm not trying to talk about this year not being important. It was an important year, and the Sharks were not up to the task over the course of the 56 games, even though we haven't played it all, uh, to do enough to get themselves in a position to be in the postseason. But what I want to take away from this is that I look at guys like Balsers, like Leonard, like Barabanov, and I say, if you have this growth to build upon what we've seen this year, it's shorter, obviously, with Barabanov, but he's a little bit older and he's at a higher skill level later in his career. But if you look at what Balsers and Leonard have been able to bring, much in the same way that 
Mario Ferraro a year earlier, you see what can be built upon their game, and you see that they seem poised for more of an impactful and or breakthrough season next year. And I hate to talk about next year because next year is next year. There's going to be a long time before we look at what the Sharks are in the 2021-2022 season and what I think we're all assuming will be a normal 82-game schedule that is life back to normal in a post-coronavirus world. We don't know that that will be the case, but it's what we are all hoping for. But if I do give an honest assessment of what I am expecting next year, it is for Leonard to take a jump akin to what we saw from Mario Ferraro. It is to see Balsers be that much more of an impactful player and build upon the, the bright spots that we've seen from him. You expect growth from one year to the next, just as we have seen growth within this specific year. Even Joseph Kojinash. The growth that he has shown out there from when he first came up to where he is now, I think is very, very evident. And he played a really good game last night. He saw a lot of shots. He did his best to keep the abs off the board, but there were some defensive breakdowns that were not on him. He talked about his game and his growth since he first came up after last night's loss. Yeah, I feel uh, in every game probably more confident, and uh, yeah, I, I can. I think uh, you can see that, and uh, even Nebby was telling me the same thing. So yeah, I'm happy about it. And he was also asked of a game like last night's, when he is just pretty much asked to be on point throughout the entirety of the game, makes him believe that he can be an NHL player. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I always said like I like these games if you have a lot of shots because uh, then you, you don't have a time to think about think about anything else and uh, it, you are just in a game and yeah I think I did I did what I had. I mean he's being humble there, but I thought he played a really good game against a team in the Avs that is going to make you be at your best. And Kojinash is out there ahead of schedule, right? I don't think the Sharks were planning on having him up this year, but he's up and he is getting his opportunity. And I'm all for it because as I have continued to say, you have to get the most out of this season that you can. And if that means bringing a guy up ahead of schedule and putting him out there on the ice, find out what they can what they can get, you know? And there's a reason they're bringing him up and not Melnichuk. They probably feel that Kojinov was more ready for this moment, and I think he has proven as such with his play on the ice. I like what I've seen from him. I don't think he's a finished product. I don't think he's a number one guy, but I do think that he is a good option to have at this point of his career as a backup, and I think that he's getting this opportunity and this experience to learn and become a better player, and he's making an impact for the Sharks. It's what I've continually asked about from a lot of these younger players. Are they able to make an impact? Kojinash in net at this point gives you a chance to win. He battles. And even on the night where he has let in a couple of bad goals, he's responded the next game with a better performance. And I think that is something that everybody else on the team can look at and say, this guy is going to give us a chance to win. He's not going to be perfect. He's not going to be Patrick Waugh but he's going to give you a chance to win. Here's Bugner on Kojinash last night. Yeah, it was unfortunate that we uh, couldn't get at least a point there. I thought he made some big saves, especially the last 10 minutes of the second period. And, you know, I think he he was fighting to get through on some traffic on those two-point shot goals in the, in the third. But, uh, you know, for a young guy, you know, with not very much experience in the league, I think he's battling hard and fighting hard. And that's what you want to see. You want to see the battle. You want to see the fight. And ultimately, as I opened up this program with, that was what the Sharks showed last night against one of the best teams in the NHL. I know it's frustrating to look at a game and say you're glad that they fought, that they kept it competitive. But against the Avs right now, with where the Sharks are in terms of their overall you know, story arc, they're not as good as the Avs. The Avs are significantly better than them. And the Sharks were able to make it a game even by falling down by multiple goals, going up by a goal, giving up three consecutive goals. 
They get a goal, go down by another goal, and fight their way back into it. They made it a game till the end, and I think that is part of the overall growth that the Sharks have to you know, hammer home to these younger guys, to recognize that it's not over till it's over, that you still always have a chance to get back into a game. And it's good for Kozinosh to see the team battle back in front of him like that as well. You go up one nothing, then suddenly it's a 3-1 game. Kozinosh has been making some big plays in spite of the scoreline. The Sharks fought back. In terms of confidence building for a young player in the NHL who is getting this opportunity, like we keep on saying, ahead of schedule, it's good to see the team fight back for him. I think that goes a long way in his confidence and his overall ability to connect with the team. And it's not a one-way street because we will often say that in terms of a team's performance, they will kind of tick down if the goalie's not having a good night. Well, that means that on the flip side, the team should be able to battle for their goalie when he is having a good night, when he is keeping them in the game, when it could be worse, especially when defensive breakdowns and not necessarily goalie error are the reason for some of these goals getting in. And that's also something the Sharks are working on this entire year as well. It's not just the development of players, it's the development of the team culture and getting guys to believe in one another, to fight for one another, to make up for the deficiencies that were there a year ago that I also think were a little bit overblown in terms of how fractured the dressing room was. But I think that it's something you do need to address. And I think that these younger guys who are new to the Sharks, they need to understand what it means to be a San Jose Shark. And that means battling, that means fighting, that means giving your all night in, night out, even when there is nothing on the line as it is for the Sharks right now that are essentially in a lame duck period of their season where the playoffs aren't happening and they are fighting for pride. Sometimes that's what you have to fight for. It's just you're fighting for yourself, you're fighting for your teammates, you're fighting for the logo that you are wearing. It's about the team at that point. It's about things bigger than yourself and maybe your postseason aspirations. You want to know that your teammates are battling for you just as hard as you are battling for them. And I think that is what we saw last night with the Sharks, even if the ultimate walk away was a loss. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will be back with you on Tuesday morning after yet another game, a third consecutive game against the Avs. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Right now with the puck, Avalanche tossing it around. McCarr lost it. Could be a breakaway for Kane. It is. He's by himself. He's in the zone. He shoots. Save may rebound. Score! Logan Couture trailing the play. Bangs it in. And the Sharks are down by one. Three to two.